Welcome back. I'm your host, Corey Marcus. And I'm your host, Felicia Marcus. And you are now tuned into another episode of Pineapples and Palm Trees Podcast. So today, uh, we're going to start off with a icebreaker question. And it reads, what did your 15-year-old self imagine you'd be doing right now? Oh, Lord. Hmm, 15-year-old me. I don't know. I don't, I think when I was 15, I don't necessarily remember being 100% decided on like what I wanted to do later in life. Mm. Um, Definitely wasn't what I currently do because I was afraid of other people's opinions during that time. Yeah. Um, and even now, like we were talking, we were actually talking about this past weekend during the event, um, how like when people first find out like where we work, they immediately are like, Ooh, like a frowned upon thought. Yeah. And I was like, that's fine. But like, that's for high school kids. Exactly. But I'm <laughs> like, Hey, but that check though. Right. There's a whole business behind this. Exactly. And that's <laughs> Yeah, so um, I definitely thought I'd probably be in, like, the medical field, which I still have, like, my, you know, my little background in medical field. But, um, yeah, I think it was just because I was trying to be not necessarily somebody for everybody else, but was trying to be, like, the, oh, you know, if you're a nurse, everybody think, looks thinks highly of you and mm. things of that nature. Yeah. And it's, like, great, but, like, this is still just as good, if not better. So, nice. yeah. So I definitely, 15-year-old me was probably very undecided. And I don't think. Heck yeah. Was not what I thought. <laughs> uh, 15-year-old me, I don't really, really remember too much about 15. Um, other than, I think that was what, freshman, sophomore year of high school. It was freshman year. Uh, I decided to start playing baseball again. And I really didn't know where I would be at right now. Uh, I knew I wanted to help people um, because growing up, I seen a lot of people needed help. Yeah. And I figured, hell, if I can go get the information and bring it back and help, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I did, I guess I did accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, it's just translating that message, me message, jeez, <laughs> translating that message into something that resonates with everybody that they'd want to to grab that makes sense um but yeah definitely wanted to help people and if i wasn't a professional baseball player i wanted to be in the medical field just because there's no job shortage and the mind is very intriguing that is very true there was always everybody always told us as kids like hey the medical field's a guaranteed job guaranteed yeah. job guaranteed job never gonna run out of business yeah never but it's like yeah but it's also mentally draining very much so because like when <laughs> we were younger about that. drugs were like drugs were uh, they're not cool but they're glorified and yeah. songs and different things uh so we would take drugs mm -hmm. and then like you would see people like they couldn't handle it and then they'd become addicted and their life would spiral out of control and a lot of people just think that you stop the drug yeah. so that that was a, a great learning experience for me and something that I'm able to help people realize now um but yeah yeah I definitely say obviously you know my backstory and things with drugs <laughs> um I never was on them or never did them still to this day haven't really um, but that has a lot to do with like my 
growing up with a drug addict as a parent. So yeah. everybody, I definitely, you know me, I was always the one harping on everybody. Don't do drugs. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember in seventh grade, oh, it was seven, yeah, seventh grade, we're sitting at the lunch table and you were going in about not having friends that do drugs. You're not going to be around nobody that does this and this and this. And uh, whenever you found out that I partook in, uh, partake in marijuana, oh, I thought our friendship was done. I, I, thought, mean, <laughs> I thought everybody was, was but he said, what is going on here? Yeah, at the time, though, I was also made to believe that like marijuana was the same thing as heroin. Yeah. You know, if you smoked marijuana while well, you were a heroin addict and yeah, you, you were, were the going, worst of the worst. Yeah, you were going yeah. nowhere in life. So it obviously took me becoming man. I guess even out, yeah, outside of high school, I forgot. Yeah, I graduated. A not full ever. adult. <laughs> yeah, as a full before adult before that. I ever <laughs> even attempted anything. Yeah. Um, I just realized that I thought I was still in high school, but no, I was not. Um, yeah, that's uh, shocking actually for me to realize right now. I was like, oh man. And you weren't a teenager anymore either. No, I wasn't. So that, I was, it was like adult, adult. Yeah, I was definitely like, like out of my mom's house. Yeah. Almost about to have my first child like sheesh mamish yeah and then i finally had to realize like hey there's people that smoke weed that aren't drug addicts and they're yeah. not heroin addicts and they go to work and they function every day like a normal human being which but, also sign out if you're struggling with addiction do yourself a favor please go get help in some sort of fashion wave shape or form um anonymously friend family foe take the step it's hard, but uh, take it. Yeah. Back to what were you saying? Um, I was just saying, like, it took me obviously that long to realize the difference in people who actually do drugs that can't function and people that smoke and function per- perfectly fine every day. And, but, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> no, I was just saying, as a child, like, I was basically told, like, if you smoked weed, you couldn't function. So yeah. it's crazy because at the time, like, my parents were, like, secretly smoking in the garage on weekends <laughs> and things. It's like, what in the world? It's like, there are but, people out there who are functioning addicts of some sort, alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, pills, what may have you. And they think their life is totally fine and they're good the way they are but they don't we don't really understand that like it's still a crutch it's still something that's blocking other things that are good to come into your life uh even if you can function fantastic on it go to work pay your bills parties friendships a lot of people don't even necessarily realize that they're addicts but like i had heard somebody say one time they're like if it alters your mood whether or not you have it or not that's a problem yeah and that's basically an addiction because it shouldn't determine how your outlook on that day lies as to whether or not you have that glass of alcohol or those pills or what have you like if that's literally changing your mood for the day it's a problem yeah and some people they won't even hang out with uh other people that but won't accept it oh i know like well crazy I can't do that right now because I got to go do this, but maybe afterwards. It's like, well, can't be that way. Can't be functioning that way at this event or this place we're going because they ain't going to let you on no rides in no amusement park. They ain't going to let you yeah. do certain things at certain places. Uh, but moving on to my next question, what is the worst pickup line that you've ever heard? Oh, my Lord. Um, thankfully, I 
I guess I'm not very approachable because I've never been approached with a pickup line. Very not approachable. <laughs> Even as your husband. Very um, not approachable. But I think that to me, that's a good thing because I could not imagine having to be approached by some of these guys that I hear women get approached by. And I'm just like, man, that's truly embarrassing because I'm not a very nice person. So I would probably tell them about themselves and it'd probably end ugly. But, um, I don't know. Like I've never had one used on me, but I think any pickup line is pretty cheesy. Yeah. So I don't really know if I've used a pickup line, uh, maybe like a hi or a hey or something along that nature. Yeah. I, I don't ever think I've used a pickup line. Um, I don't even think I've ever even hit a DM. Jeez. You slid in nobody's DMs. Mm-mm. That was before. That was honestly. I was gonna say you weren't. That was before my time. Yeah, I was gonna say since I didn't really get on social media aside from Facebook. I didn't have anything until well after we were together. Yeah, because I I didn't know how to work at one, and I didn't. You weren't interested, even in the beginning yeah. of our relationship. You were not interested in social media. I seen how much destruction it caused people's relationships, and I was like, "That's not me." Yeah, let me stay off the fuck. Let me, let me stay the fuck off of that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it saved me a lot of trouble. A, a lot. lot of trouble. <laughs> Sheesh, mamish. Um, If you could have, if you could receive a psychic ability for dating, what would it be? Ooh. Hmm. Psychic ability. Um, oh God, I don't know. I'm gonna tell you mine first. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, think I would that. have the ability to know uh, if somebody was being genuinely gen- genuine with me. Psychic ability to know if somebody was being genuine with me. Oh, sorry if that cut out on y'all. Okay. Um, I was kind of thinking that, but. Because mainly I just want to be, I would want to be able to know, like, I guess, yeah, it would be the same thing, like, whether or not, I wouldn't say honest, but, like, if they're like, oh, I love you, like, do yeah. they really, yeah, <laughs> or are exactly. they just saying that, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, History has taught me not to trust people. I mean. Yeah. So it's like, I'd want to know if somebody was being genuine or just saying it because they had ulterior motives or trying to get somewhere in life and they needed me to get there that or if they um excuse me sorry um what was i gonna say uh not trying to use you but like they've they'd want to say it like say you'd tell somebody that that you love them Mm -hmm. and they feel obligated to say it back instead of feeling bad yeah and it's like no like if you tell if i tell you i love you and you don't love me back then don't be afraid to be like oh thank you like yeah i appreciate it but you know i don't feel the same like because love like people take love as because love is a feeling and like i feel the love i have for you but love embodies like so much more than just the way i feel for you yeah and it has to be with the words i use it has to be with the behavior i exhibit it has to be with what you do in the relationship and trusting you and believing you and everything that comes with it. And people should not, you shouldn't have to go through the ringer to keep love around. Cause too many people are like, Oh, we've been through everything. And like, I have to do this rather than 
relationships don't have to be toxic and then get better. They can have misunderstandings and disagreements and work through those and get better. Uh, but cheating and lying and or stealing, you don't have to go through all that and then say, well, I forgave him. Our love is strong. Some people do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a normal thing of like, well, they did it and they're working better. Oh, they did it again. It's okay. Blah, blah, blah. And people stick to that narrative of it has to be bad to get good. Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. So like it does you don't have to have a bad relationship to have a good relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. I do find it weird when I've met couples that are like, Oh, we've never fought and I'm like, mm, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, which one's a pushover? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that rudely. Like there was this one couple that always comes to my mind and it's my mom's best friend from my childhood. And like they were together for man, twenty twenty some odd years and they never fought. Like it made them physically ill to be upset with each other, which is cute and all, but like, what is that? I mean, I've only ever met like maybe two couples like that. Are you agreeing with everything your partner's saying? That's what I'm saying. Cause like, to me, that means you're not necessarily being you, but they were also 20 years apart. So like, while they had been together for like 20 years, they were 20 years apart. So when he met her, she was, I want to say in her forties, and he was in his 20s. Mm. And so like, and like, I obviously he's still around, like she's passed, rest in peace her, cause she was the sweetest lady in the whole world. Mm. But like, he's still around. And I mean, he still talks to my mom, still hangs out and all that. That could be a huge maturity thing though. Cause yeah. women are much more mature than men uh, in all aspects of life. And, you know, having an older woman around, like women are more directive. And I mean, that is like, I think one of our previous episodes is like, I have a vision. I see everything where our life is going. However, you have to, you're, you're directing it. You, you can make the moves possible to get us there. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you where we need to go. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so that's women have a keen sense of putting things together. And at that age, like guys definitely don't. <laughs> yeah. Guys don't. But when you're with a woman, like an older woman, you have to, Step one, step your game up. Yeah, true. And step your mind up to to either have those conversations or anything like that. And plus, they got experience, they got yeah. life experience, relationship experience. I was gonna say he, she had a kid the same age as him, which is I want to say how they met, if I'm not mistaken. Like she was going to the fair with her kid, and he was his friend or something like that. I don't remember Fancy. exactly. Yeah, it was cute. And he Cooper was like, Jason. literally, no, he said literally the first time he ever looked like at her, I was like, love at first sight. And he said he started like going over to his house all the time or something. And like, it wasn't for the kid. It was for him yeah. or for her. And he told her that. And he, she was like, oh, stop it. You know, how like older women, they're like, oh, yeah. stop it, little boy. <laughs> and he was like, not being for real. Like, what we need to <laughs> Yeah. And so they ended up getting married and lasted until she passed away. I didn't know they were that far apart. Yeah. I thought they I think were, you know who I'm talking about too. Yeah, I just I didn't know they yeah. were that far apart. I thought they were closer in age. Yeah, no, it was wild. She had Dang. a kid the same age as him, yeah. How do you handle criticism with people you love or respect the most? I don't very well. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I would say that I struggle with that area greatly just because 
I'm a big person on trying not to let people down. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if somebody I love or somebody I care about is criticizing me, it's, I let them down. Mm. And so, um, it kind of is like a gut punch to me. That's good to know. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I never really like, until you asked that, I never really thought of it. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's definitely, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a people pleaser, but I kind of am. Like I definitely want everybody to be happy and I always want to do a really good job at anything that I do. Lately you've been putting yourself first though. Uh, in the past, uh, since you've been gone for work, uh, it, I mean, it's definitely good, but it's, it definitely, from my perspective, uh, it's helped you learn and see that I hate the word people pleaser, but you, you want to make the environment and the people you're around happy. And uh, especially at work, like you want to prove that you're doing your job. You want to prove that you're worthy of doing the position that you're in. Uh, but at the same time, like you have to do the things that make you happy. You have to say no to certain things because they don't align with how you're feeling or what you want to do at that time. Yeah. Uh, so that's always good. And I've, I've definitely like had those areas of um, like we call it coaching at work whenever we get criticized, <laughs> but it's called coaching <laughs> because we're there just making you better. Yeah. Um, I've had those moments at work where it's like, Yo, you're doing too much if that makes sense and yeah. i'm like how and then like because like that's what's over the top like you gotta sit back you gotta chill like interesting yeah and so like i definitely know like that's just somewhere i struggle in all aspects whether it be like home or family or work life like i struggle with always trying to make everybody happy mm-hmm. and like doing too much that sometimes it is that a fault to me if i don't know if that's yeah the right thing like yeah, I'm not necessarily thinking about myself in those moments. And like with our our work, uh, you recently discovered the word change, but language. Yeah. Uh, learning that coaching opportunities, opportunities of, uh, what are they called? Opportunities of areas of opportunity. Oh, areas of opportunity, yeah. You have areas of opportunity that you can work on. And oftentimes, like in our personal life, we're like, uh, you should probably work on that. People are like, what? Something's wrong with me? I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> and it's like, no, but you could work on that for you. And people often get stuck of, I'm changing for them. I think we had that conversation before. I'm changing for them and not for me. But in the end, like, it's for you. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's hard to see whenever it comes from somebody that, like, you're dating because it does feel like you're trying to change to fit to what they want Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that because like i've had areas where like things you've brought to my attention that i need to work on are also things that are brought to my attention that i need to work on at work too and i'm like oh so it's just me in general (laughs) (laughs) it's not just like you or you know our relationship or what have you it's just how i function as a person that other people see like hey i used to be that way and now i'm this way yeah it could benefit you as well because I see a lot of me and you and that type of thing. And it's not like you're wrong. You're not, it's yeah. not like people are telling you you're wrong Definitely or, feels that way at first, it, oh yeah. It feels <laughs> like, how, how dare you? Yeah. I've been doing it this way. It's been protecting me. Yeah. And then, but it's not wrong. It's like uh juggling. A lot of, a lot of people can't juggle I like three or four yeah. balls at a time. <laughs> and so it's like, Hey, if you did this and this and they're like, Oh, don't tell me how to do it. I've never done it. It's like, this is how you get better. 
And if you don't want to listen, well, don't get better and try something different or do it. Yeah, that's definitely me. I struggle greatly because I always take everything as an attack almost on my my character, Mm -hmm. what have you. And I've had to work on that a lot. It's like, okay, well, they're not attacking you. They're just letting you know that, hey, this could be better, what have you. But I definitely take everything personal and it's not good. Areas of opportunity. If you have an area of opportunity in your life that you can work on, improve, do yourself a favor, do it. Take the step. You'll get a lot further. Yeah. Something I wanted to talk about in the next episode, but I'm going to bring it up now. The word independent. (laughs) Independent woman, independent man. What does that word mean to you? What does that word mean to you before, now, and now? Oh, man. I would definitely say I struggle with this because I am, the word means the same at all times for me. No, I would just say independence, like, that. I always want to go back to the song. That's why I was saying I, indeed. Because, like, you want to make sure that you can care for yourself. You want to make sure that you can provide for yourself. You want to make sure that like you're not relying on somebody else to make a living or to make a life. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily say that like you're not, whenever you're in a relationship, you're not relying on people, but you kind of are. And so like, I want to be able to be successful on my own, but I'm also working on realizing that like I can do that and still be successful at home and in a relationship and it's not necessarily like about being independent so Mm. much as it is about like welcoming interdependency yeah i know i just threw that word on you a couple days ago yeah uh yeah Yeah, it's very new and so it's like because i've always it sounds terrible but i um was raised in what you would consider a broken home my parents are my biological parents are not together and haven't been for the majority of my life like i think i was two when they split i may have even been younger than that Mm -hmm. honestly and so um my sister was much older she was uh she's eight years older than me so i don't know how old she was when they split and so she looked at my mom and she said what are we gonna do and it was just me my mom and her and my mom said i'm gonna teach y'all to not need a man Mm -hmm. and how has that affected dating and relationships for me a lot moving back to the word independent (laughs) Um, now that you yeah so that i think i never knew that my mom like said those words up until like obviously until i was much later in life yeah but i obviously remember that conversation because when i tell you that stuck in my brain like no tomorrow that's stuck in my brain like no tomorrow like i've always been I would say me and my sister, I would always say that I'm more of like the, oh, I don't need you. Please yeah. sit to the side <laughs> where my sister's like, oh, I want you. I want you to love me and things like that. And I'm like, Mm-mm, go on. I can do this by myself. Yeah. Um, and so I would definitely say that has probably, it's probably been a bigger issue in our relationship more than any other relationship because any Ooh, other relationship I was, about that. any other relationship I wasn't in that relationship for the long haul, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, obviously when you're in the relationship, you think it's for the long haul and blase, blase, oh, sure. but I clearly knew that that was going to last. <laughs> um, but like with ours, it's just, it's hard to 
separate the two, if that makes sense, like separate being independent from what did you say? Interdependency. Mm -hmm. Interdependent. Um, because it's still to me feels like I'm relying on somebody else to like make sure that I can be successful. If that makes any sense. And so it's like, I have to rely on somebody else. Like, what do you mean? But you, Are you sure. What if they screw up? What if they do this <laughs> to me? What if they do that to me? It's like, yeah. and so it just puts me uneasy because like, I don't know. I always want to make sure that I can, I can be bad all by myself. Yeah. You can be bad all by yourself. <laughs> and, uh, if you're on your independent woman shit and you're single and you're doing your thing, and you're by yourself and you're not entertaining other people's feelings. You're not bringing somebody along. That's great. Yeah. When you get with somebody, you have to let that independent shit go. And I'll say it again. Cause you probably didn't <laughs> like hearing it the first time. When you get with somebody, man, woman, whatever, you got to let that independent shit go. Because when you think you could do it all, you're pushing your partner to the side. You're stepping on their toes and their position in the relationship. And if you're both just independent, why do you need each other? Why do you want to be with each other? There's you're you come together to add value to each other's life and not take away. But if you just come together and you're like, I'm going to do me, I'm going to do me. What are you adding to each other's life except for sex? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe other than that, like, and I wouldn't say that I'm in the like I'm a do me stage, but it's more like I don't mean I don't know. I'm like, gonna chime in and say you're finding who you are. Yeah, and it, I wouldn't say like most people should probably find who they are before they're like yeah deep into a relationship, a marriage, or what have you. Um, but I was not emotionally healthy before we got together if that makes sense yeah but i've you've also known me through all the traumas that caused me to not be yeah emotionally healthy so i think it would probably be a lot different if i was with somebody else who didn't know me previous to the traumas and know me after the traumas and things of that nature and have been able to work with me through them mm -hmm. if that makes sense um but yeah i definitely struggle greatly with letting the independent see go yeah. because it's, it's trauma based Definitely. a lot of it is trauma based Definitely. and so it's like men do men women men do not want an a strong independent woman if you come at any man with i'm a strong independent woman you will be dismissed why because they feel like we have nothing else to offer you we can't help you out in certain situations we can't be there for you because you want to be there for yourself you want to take it all on by yourself. And so where does that leave us searching for somebody to help? And if we can't help you, there's another woman out there that wants help. There's another woman out there that needs advice. There's a woman out there that needs uplifting. And the guy will go and search that. I'm not saying lose your, uh, what'd you say? Providing for yourself or don't lose that strong will. Yeah. Like you're still that person. But now you have somebody to help you grow in life. Now you don't have to do it all by yourself. Yeah. You can relax and let some of that go because you have a partner there. And interdependency is like, I depend on, I depend on you 
for certain things in the house. And a lot of people talk about, oh, gender roles, gender roles. You want a strong household. Sorry, you're going to fall into gender roles. Yeah. Whether you like it, whether you love it, whether you hate it, whether you don't want to hear it, whether you're like screw off. You want a strong household that's moving forward and building. You're going to need gender roles because you're going to reply, reply. <laughs> you're going to rely on your partner for certain things that you're not able to do. Yeah. And hopefully your partner is able to rely on you for certain things that they can't do. Yeah, you know, handyman, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to be that that strong, independent woman to stretch yourself out, even when you're in a relationship? Because then you're going to look at your man like, you ain't helping, you ain't doing nothing. But when he tries, oh, you this strong, bad bitch that just, you don't need no help. Yeah. You you could do it on by yourself. And that one time you asked for him, he's confused. I thought you had it. Oh, now you're mad. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. It's definitely something I struggle with. I definitely wanted to touch on that because I feel like America puts this picture of like individual individualism into people's minds. But if you look at any real successful people, they have their entire family invested in what's going on. Yeah. And if everybody's not invested, then it, it falls apart. True. What do you need to address in your past? in order to have a better future? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Back to traumas that I've been through. Um, Definitely those, just because, like, I know it's so cliche with, like, oh, daddy issues, and everybody thinks it's cute and all that. Like, it's not cute. I can assure you it ain't cute. It's a real thing. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people. Um, And it's caused a lot of, issues in a lot of relationships just because and because obviously some of the relationships I've got in were not healthy relationships either and so just the uh trust aspect like I don't even I trust barely anybody like when I say barely anybody it's a big issue at work like I'm constantly questioning like uppers I'm like are you sure you did this are you sure you did this and they're like yo you need to chill and I'm like hey it's it's just in me like to not like if I don't do it I don't know that it got done kind of thing and so just um trust is a big one for me and then obviously like some of the relationship traumas I've been through as well which I feel like I've dealt with the majority of them honestly up until now like I can't think of any that I haven't really like went head on except for a lot of child issues that maybe I haven't addressed but yeah and for men like women are like you got mommy issues and so a lot of men don't know how to love yeah because they've seen that strong independent woman at home and this and that they didn't have a man to to show them what to do with a woman they didn't show them how to to court their woman yeah so that it's or some people grow up in very unhealthy households that yeah I mean, I was in a relationship that was a result of a child growing up in an unhealthy household. And so they behaved the same way that their father behaved because that's what they thought was normal. Yeah. And I'm the first to tell you it ain't normal. It ain't. And I was not going to raise my child in that household. I remember the first time, well, not the first time, but whenever we first started dating and he was seeing me more often and he would hit me 
Mm-hmm. And he hit me about one time, and that was. I'll never forget that, that day. <laughs> and everybody looked at me like, "What the world?" I was like, "It, it ain't gonna happen. Not not around these parts." Yeah. Um, that was sad too because that was a hard realization for me of like, oh, so he did see things, and oh, he those things did affect him because. Obviously, I was very young and immature, and I was like, oh, he's a baby. It doesn't hurt, blah, blah, blah. Nothing will affect him. Wrong. So that was a lot. And then, obviously, when we were much more into our relationship, when questions started getting asked about things that had occurred that I didn't know that he remembered. That was trippy. Yeah, it was, because it was like, what? Like, it was a big eye-opener for me. And so that was when I realized, like, oh, these things that people do in their life, like say, for instance, adults that behave that way, a lot of it's based on what they seen as a child, what they were taught is okay as a child and things like that. And sometimes it's still like their parents are still in that. Yeah. If nobody corrects it or they don't correct it themselves, like it's normal. Yeah. This is normal. My parents, they're still together. So why can't I do it and Mm -hmm. still be together? Uh, So that's. Times change. Yeah. (laughs) I'll say, and back to the mommy issues, like with my mom, I, my mom and dad not being there, I always, always, and still up to this day sometimes, like, I think I'm not going to be loved. Yeah. Can't nobody love me. Mm-hmm. Why would, why would another woman love me if my mom left to find love from somebody else? But now as a parent and being married, the love for your spouse is completely different than the love you get from your child. And no matter how much your child loves you or wants to be around you or it, it doesn't compare to. It the, doesn't fill that void. Yeah. So that now that I'm older, I see like that's what my mom was chasing. But at the same time, it left me with a big void to fill. And it's crazy to me because like knowing your mom's parents, obviously your grandparents, yeah. like they're like phenomenal humans and like yeah. the two of the greatest people I've probably ever met in my life and have a beautiful relationship and things which obviously came with trials and errors that we've obviously discussed with them and stuff but like it's crazy to me to know that like you can still grow up in a wonderful household and still have those issues because like your mom had both her parents and and granted like i don't know what her dating life was whenever she was younger yeah true and i don't know aside from like the abusive relationship she was in whenever i was a child and that was, as far as I know, it lasted for like eight or more years. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. So that. That can really screw somebody up. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was terrible. So that probably also played a part in it. But at the same time, like I was a child and I was protecting my sister. And it was a matter of, I see that you're out here doing this and not feeling great when you have two kids here that love you. What's going on? I mean, that's very similar to me because I remember when I was 16, very vividly remember, we had a family meeting on one of the times that my father was in rehab. And before he could get out, you know, he had to have family meetings and things. And um, I finally told him that I questioned his love for me because if he loved me, how could he go off and be on drugs and not talk to me and things like that? And like, that was the first time I realized that like somebody can love you as hard as they possibly can, but there's still that void that they're trying to fill. And 
it sucks to know because like my father did have a very rough childhood and I'm not saying that's an okay because the way he turned out is not okay. Yeah. But he chose like, there's two paths you can choose. You can choose to learn from it or you can choose to waller in it. And he definitely wallers to this day in it. It's like the story of uh, the two kids that came from an alcoholic father yes. and one chose to be like the father and one seen what it did. So they chose a different path. I mean, and that's, that's literally me. Like everybody blames, oh, well, like I've had plenty of friends who have been on drugs and they're like, well, this is all I've known. Well, great. That's all I knew too. Yeah. I literally took my father in and out of rehab. Count, I can't even count how many times. Got a choice. I purchased some clothes while he was in rehab just for like all that to be thrown in the trash for drugs. Yeah. And it's like, I chose the high road and I'm not going to do drugs. I'm not going to even attempt it. One, because it's very proven that my family has an addictive personality and two, like I just never want to go down that path because I seen how destructive it was for me, like to feel that way. Yeah. And I would never want to do that to my kids. But yeah. yeah, you definitely realize that like, like you said, your kids can love you. Cause I definitely love my father yeah. more than probably should have, but, um, it wasn't a, I could not fill that void that he was trying to fill Yeah, and I'll never be able to. It's so crazy. Like, from the moment we're born to the moment we die, we're always learning. But at some point, some people stop. Yep. And they're like, this is enough. And I'm good with what I know. I'm good with where I'm at. There's nothing else out there. And some people never even leave their, like, block. That's so crazy that you say that because we were talking at work the other day about how, um, like, this person that I work with is from like a very rough part of New York and there's a lot of like drug dealers and gangbangers and things. And they said that they literally, there's people there that have never left a five block radius and they make thousands of dollars and have the ability yeah. to leave, but it's too scary. They have no idea what else is out there. Yeah. And it's like, how could you go your entire life and never leaving? Yeah. But then when we were in, when we lived in Colorado and I was at the gas station and some girl, I don't even remember what the cashier said. And she was like, oh, no, I'll never leave Colorado. And like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, you're not going to travel. You're not going to go see what else is out there. And she was completely serious with she will never go outside the state. And I was like, that to me is insanity. Yeah. But I guess that to them that's an, comfort. An like, entire world. Like, yeah. an entire world. I want to see it all. Like, <laughs> and it, it baffles me that people are like, and one person dear close to us uh your father your dad it's like if he's he, his, his go-to words is i didn't lose anything i ain't going yep and it's like oh lord jesus that that is like, crazy there's like, people out there that we went to freaking japan and this man literally said well, i didn't lose anything there why would i go yeah. what do it's you like, mean there's so much different food <laughs> there's so much different their toilets are different their water their, exactly <laughs> It's like the water is beautiful. How, even if like it's not intriguing or like no I saying move there or move somewhere different. Yeah, it's like go visit. But go see it. Go talk to somebody that's from a different part of the world. Because whenever I know when we move, people think Oklahoma because we're from Oklahoma. Listen. People think Oklahoma <laughs> is flat farmland and all we do is shovel cow patties and fucking bell hay. That's it. It's literally that's no it. joke. Like, How, what kind of world do you live in that you really think that like, that's all people are doing? 
It's so funny because, like, obviously, I'm getting a very <laughs> given. I I'm getting a very hard time. If that makes sense, or I'm I'm being given a very hard time. Yeah, you're, you're being given. A hard okay, time. <laughs> like that didn't sound right. <laughs> but um, because obviously, where I'm from is n- Oklahoma, but where we live is not Oklahoma. And um, they're appalled. It's, uh, appalled like, is an understatement. You guys like, have actual jobs other than horse and buggies that literally plow a field. Literally, <laughs> the, the, the other day they were like, "What is there to do?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "It's a city," and they're like, "No, like this is a city." And I'm like, "Okay, well, it's a town if you want to call it a town because like obviously where we're from is called T Town or whatever." Yeah. And so great, yeah, it's a town to compare to some like cities or million plus people. It's like okay, well. That's not necessarily the truth, but I'm from a very big city like Tulsa. Like now it's even bigger known because the Tulsa race riots getting yeah. more attention and things of that nature. And it's a cheap place to be rich. And so there's a lot of millionaires moving to Oklahoma because it's cheap as crap. Cheap, cheap. And so, but literally the amount of people that are like, don't you just bail hay? And I'm like, I've one never bailed hay in my life. So, so most <laughs> like, of those people come up from Texas whenever they go to like rodeos and stuff. And like, like, if you think I have an accent, you would be shook to listen to somebody that actually bails hay oh, talk. Oh, Lord have mercy. They it's can, like that guy we went to Paracel and <laughs> was on the boat with us and his kid and the kid friend. Oh, yeah. hey, Zeus. As soon as he opened his mouth, we knew exactly where he was from. We looked at each other and we were like, what the hell? We're all from Oklahoma. And he said it. And I was like, oh, yep. But yeah, we don't sound like that. <laughs> and we definitely don't bell hay. There's um, sporting events you can attend. We used to have amusement parks. There's still amusement parks you got to drive like an hour plus to. Yeah. But like, there's a lot to do, kind of. I mean, it's obviously not as fun as living in like Denver or New York or. Everywhere you go. Dallas is the same thing with different people. Hundred percent. Everywhere you go, it's the same thing with different people. And I say the same thing as in like you're going to run into people who hate their job. You're going to run into people that hate the town. And you're moving into a new town. You're like, oh yes, this is a new start for me. And then you start working, and people are like, oh, I hate it here. Why did you move here? There's nothing to do. And it's like you move there for a reason. And if you're going to be around the same people talking the same thing from where you're from, it's going to feel the same way. Yep. So you definitely have to mind your environment, audit the people you talk to because was, people quickly drain your energy. That was always me. Like anytime when we lived in Oklahoma, when we moved back or whatever, and I would meet people and they'd be like, Oh, I'm not from here. And I'm like, Oh, where are you from? And I'm like, why did you choose Tulsa? Yeah. Why did you choose Oklahoma? Like, yeah. Because to me, it was so like of all the places in the world, if I had to pit, look at a map and pick where I wanted to live, it would never be Oklahoma. I never. don't know why, but like the cost of living, yes, is phenomenal. It's cheap as crap. But you also get that same energy from people being mm-hmm. cheap as crap. Like, yeah, if that makes sense. Ooh, say, say that again. I don't think that, I don't think y'all caught that. <laughs> like it's cheap as crap, but that gives people that energy as well to be cheap and so it's like not saying like i want the fancier things in life but like you want the fancier yeah things i want the life. fancier things in Say life it. and yes. i i want to we'll look, probably talk about that next episode yeah like it's it's just crazy to me that like people would rather live bummy to yep. have a little couple extra dollars than to like work harder to have those couple extra dollars in a nicer place like, environment yeah the people you surround yourself with. let's pick that up on the next episode because that's 
Yeah. That's hot tamales yeah, right there. Yeah, whole... Y'all got to hear that. Because uh, we've lived very, we've lived a, several places. So it's like we can definitely attest to like the environment in those places. Yeah. Based upon like cost of living and intelligence. I would say intelligence, but intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> There's different parts of intelligence where yeah. you live at in the world matters 100%. because schooling is different everywhere. Everywhere. It, and you, it's and you not supposed know. to be, but yeah. And before we wrap up, kind of like the the COVID thing, uh, you went way up north. You were in Boston, yeah, doing things. Life is completely different up there. Completely, their world is different. completely different. Like when we were whew. being in Oklahoma, they don't care. They didn't really care about masks. No, that they was didn't not care thing. about doing anything. In Boston, you step outside your room without a mask, and you're frowned upon. People basically want to shoot you dead. Yeah. It's like, okay, my bad. Like, I forgot. Like, it was very hard, like, when I would come back home um, during, like, trips home because I would be so used to wearing a mask. And yeah. it even got to where you had to have, like, your vax card to do anything, anything. up there. And it was just like, what in the world? And then when you go back home to Oklahoma, they're like, <laughs> uh, you get frowned upon if you're wearing a mask. They're like, yeah. why are you wearing that? It's like, oh. And I would try to talk to people, like, on the social medias from different parts of the world because they would harp on, people would argue and get mad. Like, this is what we're doing. We need to do this. We need to have everybody masked. We need to shut down the country. But there's so many different rules in every different state. Mm to be arguing with somebody out of state or in a different part of the world that's not going through the same what they say mandates or restrictions as you are well and they did like, they did say in boston they were like it literally was like their morgues were overfilled with people like they had it in my opinion they had it worse than yeah where oklahoma like we didn't have bodies laying on the side that, of the road basically that's what i'm saying like it's so, so different yeah and like to them they had to take don't it more know, serious you don't know yeah and that like people are in California, they couldn't go out to restaurants. They couldn't do anything. Meanwhile, like we're living normal life. Yeah. And you're like, you guys need to go in the house. Well, our part of the world right here is completely different than the world you're living in right now, even yeah. though we're in the same country. 100%. So it was, it was definitely, I, I'm thankful that we lived in Oklahoma during the start of COVID just because I feel like being in like a more relaxed state we got to see it more thorough or through yeah. if that makes sense um because obviously there were people dying uh, covid yeah. was happening everybody was getting sick God and bless. things yeah i'm like obviously it was happening but it wasn't as severe as like some places yep. and like there's people that are homeless now because of that and like so thankfully you know obviously when covid did first happen my job chose for me to be one person that they kept on which i'm so thankful for yeah. but it was still very hard to be that one person because we had to make sure we weren't getting sick because at that point the company relied on yeah, you because they'd laid off everybody else. Yeah. And so, but also people were very thankful for you working. And so like at the time I worked at a restaurant as a server and the amount of money that was made in the first two to three weeks before all the pandemic money came yeah. through because believe me when that pandemic money came through people were throwing at us like water but before that pandemic money came through the amount of people that were just like going over the top tipping mm. because they felt bad that we were yeah. stuck at work was crazy that's like crazy if i'm being honest i paid rent like twice in one week 
in the beginning of COVID. And it was yeah. like, geez, Louises. Like people were literally throwing money at us. And like, don't you need this? They ain't never seen it. <laughs> yeah. They ain't never seen that. We'll say that for another topic. Uh, to wrap this up, any, any fine words for the folks? Any, a pineapple and palm tree moment? Yeah. I've never asked you. Oh, what would you rather be a pineapple Ooh. or a palm tree? <sighs> well, I would like to be tall, like a palm tree. However, I I definitely would want to be a pineapple because it takes time to grow. One, it only grows in certain environments, and you have to you have to be patient with it. You have to be patient with it. And if you're not patient with it, you're going to get a, not a ripe pineapple. I don't know what, what it'd be. Not like. even be half grown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like for me to the point now, when I, if I was younger, I'd be telling myself, give yourself time, take time. Don't be so hard on yourself. The voice in your head is not your voice because the mind is telling you things that you're talking to it with. So that's not you. Um, And just take your time with it because at the end, it's going to be something beautiful. It's going to be something sweet. It's going to be something that looks nice. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because it's fault. This uh, influencer that I follow, she posted the, she posted, she posted a video of, a pineapple that she's been growing mm-hmm. and she said she planted the head of it like two years ago <sighs> and like to see like the leaves were huge like the i don't even know it's kind of weird how it grows it grows on like the center i've never seen like a pineapple actually yeah. being grown that's a word um well i did when i was a child but that was a long time ago but um like it grows out the center but there's like these huge leaves that come out yeah. previous and she was like, I've been growing this for two years and like, this is as far as it is. And it was still like pretty small and it was cute, but it was like, that's crazy. Cause I've heard like some pineapples could take up to seven years to yeah. grow and have the patience of waiting yeah. for that pineapple or e- even in like our relationship growing, like it takes time 100%. when you get with somebody and you can't, you're not great right off the bat. You know, like this is it. No, if you're great right off the bat, you're probably not going to like in five years, we're going to have to have some different conversations in 10 years. We're going to have to have some different conversations when you, people change all the time. Like they say, like you're t- just like your taste buds change or whatever. Like yeah. people change, like your interests change and things like that. So you have to be willing to be open to growing. Otherwise, what are you going to do? You got to be willing. You got, you have to be willing to be open to growing mind body and soul take care of yourself love yourself until the next episode of pineapples and palm trees i'm Corey marcus and i'm felicia marcus peace out